And here we go. That's right. You've walked into Red's line. And it might be a minute before you can get out. Because once you come in, we don't let you go. Now, hey. The Reds flew down to Monterey, Mexico to be the home team in Mexico against the Cardinals. And you know how I can't stand the Cardinals. It was Tanner Rourke versus Adam Wainwright. And I really loathe Adam Wainwright. And I really loathe them today. The guy had no-hit the Reds through five innings, okay? Five innings of no-hit baseball. Adam Wainwright to the Cincinnati Reds hitters. So what happened in this game? Tanner Rourke's pitching pretty darn good. He let a couple uh, balls get hit against him in the second. And Adam Wainwright, of all people, singles in a run. Really, really not cool, Tanner Rourke, letting the pitcher get an RBI on you. But anyway, let's talk about this game when it gets interesting. So the top of the six come, Tanner Rourke's in there. He gives the leadoff double to Ozuna, who I really wanted Ozuna after the fish were about to get rid of him. Of course, I wanted Christian Yelich. I wanted a lot of players get stuck with Adam Duvall and Scott Schnabler's of the world. Anyways, before I go off on that tangent, let me get back to this game. So Ozuna hits a ground rule double. And then Molina hits a really hard liner to Joey Votto, which Joey Votto caught two of those hard liners off of Molina. But then a weird thing happened. Dexter Fowler's coming up. And David Bell, you know how David Bell likes to use like 78 relievers per game? Not really, four or five pitchers per game. He brings in Amir Garrett. Now, David Bell! Tanner Rourke had just struck out Dexter Fowler the last time up. So, I don't know what you're thinking. The guy, Tanner Rourke, is not some 23-year-old Six foot two, 172 pound pitcher. The guy is a 30 plus year old veteran, grizzled veteran, gonna go out there and battle for you. Now, I know he had 95 pitches. I'm not gonna say he didn't, but you didn't need to pull in Amir Garrett to face Dexter Fowler. But anyway, there was an ongoing theme with Dexter Fowler, how he wanted to turn him around. Anyway, to make a long story short, Amir Garrett gets in there and uh, there's a balk. You know, Azuna goes to third. Anyway, Amir Garrett was able to get out of it, which I'm really, 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 really happy Amir Garrett got out of it. You know that I always liked Amir Garrett as a starter. Was had a 261 ERA as a starter before they threw him in the bullpen. It just really irritated me. That was a couple years ago. But back to this game. So Adam Wainwright has this no-hitter going through five innings. And guess what happened in the bottom of the sixth? Just guess. Just guess. Remember how I've been talking about the last couple Reds recaps where Jesse the Wink is a just an offensive weapon? Well, Jesse Winker not only broke up the no-hitter, he broke up the shutout. Because Jesse Winker hit an opposite field shot to left field. And it was a thing of beauty, ladies and gentlemen. And what I've told you about Jesse Winker, I keep told, I told everybody. I've been telling everybody for years. In fact, Jesse Winker should have been your starting left fielder three years ago. Now, I'm not saying three years ago he was going to be this awesome, refined player. But 
he could have given you a 280 average, 15 home runs, 75 RBIs, and you could have been developing. But no, the Reds have to trade for 49 left fielders that offseason. It makes no sense. So anyways, back to Jesse Winker. He lost this ball. You remember how I said he Phil Mickelson that home run a couple days ago, and then he did it again, and now he's done it again. So... Here's my point, ladies and gentlemen. Jesse Winker, man, he's going off. He's seeing the he's seeing the ball real well. Whenever, and I've said this multiple times, when these guys are hitting for power to the opposite field, you know they're seeing the ball really good. And now Jesse Winker, he's coming into his own. They can't keep him in this four-man outfield rotation. Of course, the front office is going to be so narcissistic. They're going to be going, man, you know, look look how great this outfield rotation is working for Jesse Winker. And I'm going to go like, oh, my gosh, what are you guys thinking? You, you need more wink, not less wink. Need more wink, not less wink. So, anyway, back to the game. So, anyway, they're rolling along. Jesse Winker ties it up. It's great. Everybody's happy. Then they go to the bottom of the seventh. And then, my friends, another good thing happens. Who else have I been saying that needs to be playing? Derek Dietrich. He home runs in the bottom of the seventh. So he's going to Scooter Jeanette, Wally Pip, whoever's out there. They need to play Wink every day. They need to play Dietrich every day. You know who they don't need to play every day? Scott Shebler. Now, I will say that Scott Shebler did drive in a run in the bottom of the eighth. And that was after, uh, guess who else happened? Man, my world-famous, universally known, 99.7 percenters of always being right, Phil Irvin, who the Reds got to add a 26th player and sort of the Cardinals because they went to Monterey, Mexico. Now, I don't know why playing in another country gives you an extra player. I mean, just ask any American League team going to Toronto. They don't get a 26th player. But anyway, the Reds and Cardinals got a 26th player. And I told you yesterday it was Phil Irvin. And who else have I been saying? What else have I been saying about Phil Irvin? They needed to have this guy up here, man. This guy doesn't need any. He doesn't need to prove anything in the minors. But you know, the Reds like to collect 48 left fielders. So he got no room for a center fielder in Phil Irvin. So I better come back down to ground, the ground here. Anyways, so Phil Irvin leads off the bottom of the eighth with the triple. The first pitch he saw of 2018. Pretty much, well, hey, front office, yeah, here you go. This is what you've gotten because of what you've done to Nick Senzel and me and uh, Garrett and Iglesias and Lorenzen and go just go down the pike. You have no idea how to develop anybody. It's not even funny. So anyway, so then right after Irvin uh, triples, Joey Votto walks. And then some really alarming things started to happen. Uh, Puig and Suarez don't get anywhere. And then everybody's favorite player, Scott Shelburne, somehow, some way, blind squirrel nuts a ball into the outfield to drive in the third run of the game for the Reds. And they have a 3-1 to one lead. Okay, so then here's my favorite part. 
Guess what happens next? Derek Dietrich triples. Yeah, that's right. Triples in two more runs. Reds got a 5-1 to one lead. What have I been saying? I've only been right about everything this entire season. And my right record goes all the way back. My world-famous 99.7% of always being right goes back many years. You can go document it in Reds Nation number 4192. You can read about it, man. Read all about it. Because it's there in writing. Now, every now and then, I do get everything wrong. Luis Castillo, I knew he'd be good if he could develop that change. That's documented in there. So you can't even get me on that one. Everybody's saying I'm wrong about Disco. Well, I'm real interested to see Disco's next start because the guy's a reliever. Anyway, to make a long story short, let's go back to this game about what I'm right about. Dietrich needs to be in the lineup every day. Winker needs to be in the lineup every day. And Phil Irvin... He needs to be the fourth outfielder. We don't need 79 left fielders and no center fielders. That's the problem, Dick Williams. You got this roster so jacked up with 98 relievers and 72 left fielders, you ain't got no room for a center fielder. Man, or even a bench, a complete bench. What are we talking about here? Anyway, to make a long story short, then anyway, the top of the ninth happens. Zach Duke, who's a loogie, who should have not even been out there for the top of the night. I understood kind of why David Bell left him out there. It's not that big of a deal. But anyways, Colton Wong homers off of him. So then they bring in Iglesias. And Iglesias has to kind of battle through it all. And then he gets his second save of the season. And the Reds win 5-2. to two. Now, let me, let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. I was really worried for a long time because this getting no hit through five innings, man, that's like playing half a game. And I'm being serious. The Reds have got to put that ball in play. And I'm telling you right now, they got to bench Scott Shebler. They got to bring in, they got to keep Dietrich and Wink in the lineup. And I'm even going to say this, keep Peraza in the lineup for crying out loud. Now, he did strike out when they needed him to come through, but nine times out of ten, that guy at least puts the ball in play. And I'm not even an advocate for Jose Peraza. I don't understand how this front office works with David Bell or Brian Price on the way they tell him to do things. It just gets out of hand. Another thing, this outfield shift and playing four outfielders. Now, I know analytics are great, but... At some point, it needs to be stopped when it's craziness. Anyway, to make a long story short, let's get down to the good things. Good things. Number one, I'm going to say it. The winker. The wink. Jesse Winker. Man, this guy's on a roll. He was only one for three today with that home run, but he's still playing really, really good. What else on the good things? Derek Dietrich. Two for four of the run, and yeah, three RBIs, man. A home run and a triple. you got to keep this guy in the lineup, uh, David Bell, because I just don't know what mandate you got from uh, Dick Williams and the front office crew, but you're going to have to figure out how to put Derek Dietrich every day out there until uh, Scooter Jeanette gets back because the guy is just too good of a hitter. He's an on-base machine. He'll walk. He'll get on base. He'll get hit. He'll do anything to get on base, and that's what you need. Anyways, I want to give another shout-out to the good thing for uh, Tanner Rourke. Tanner Rourke pitched five and a third innings. Now, he did give up six hits, but he only gave up one earned run. 
He walked one batter and struck out five. And he did all this by lowering his ERA down to 4.3. And I would really have a feeling if they just left him in there, he could have got through the sixth. He was at 95 pitches, and I understand that's a lot. But this guy's not, like I said, he's a veteran. He's the guy that's supposed to hold this glue together. Now, next game out, I'm hoping he's a little bit more efficient. The one thing that got really uh, bad or weird for me was the first inning, man, he faced Matt Carpenter, like, or threw Matt Carpenter, like, almost 10 pitches. I think, um, don't quote me, but I think it took him 30 pitches to get through the first. I watched the entire game, but I thought it was 29 or 30. And that's the thing, man. They got a pitch to contact, use this defense, not a four-man outfield. That's a nightmare. And they just got to keep trucking down this lane of baseball, 27 outs. But you can't get no hit through five. So let's get to the bad things. Well, I'm not going to really hang a lot of bad things on this team other than they really got to remove Scott Shebler. And I know he got an RBA today. I'm not blind. I'm not saying he didn't. All I'm saying is throughout this year, he's barely batting Mendoza, and he's not a center fielder. You'd be better off moving Jose Peraza out to center field, just like you moved Billy Hamilton out to center field. Billy Hamilton was a shortstop. Billy Hamilton got moved to center field. Billy Hamilton could steal bases. Jose Peraza was a shortstop. He doesn't have a shortstop's arm. He can play center field because he's got those wheels. He can steal bases. So you need to just park Peraza out there in center field with Winker in left, Puig in right, and move forward. I'm just, I'm just telling you, I would be happy for Jose Iglesias to be the shortstop until Nick Senzel comes up, and then you put Nick Senzel at double-A or triple-A, playing shortstop, working with some minor league field coordinators, and getting him – getting him. and I think Dick Schofield's down there. I'm not sure if Schofield's still down there or not, but they can have – uh, they could send Barry Larkin, who worked all last spring training with Nick Senzel at shortstop, down to double or triple A and get this guy ready to rock at shortstop, and you don't have as much adjustment period. So anyway, it was all in all a good effort by the Reds. I think that David Bell tries to overmanage with these, you know, he's got this uh, thing where he likes to use all these pitchers. Yeah, man, he used one, two, three, four, five, six pitchers today, five relievers. No wonder you got to have 98 relievers in that bullpen, but it's overuse, and this ain't going to last. You can ask any scout, any baseball operations person that is not from, like, you know, a Harvard business degree or whatever that will understand that you cannot have this many relievers being used every night. It's insanity. And the other reason it's insane is because when you got a guy like Tanner Rourke, even though he's at 95 pitches, I know you're trying to keep the game close, but he just struck out Dexter Fowler. And I know he's getting the ball hit hard on him, but that's besides the point, man. Sometimes you're going to have to ride out some of these guys. And uh, it all worked out. So I'm not going to second guess, but I'm just saying you got to think about what's going on here, David Bell, because you used five relievers in this game, man. And just look at your game log every day. It's almost insane. Now, I will tell you another thing, uh, my Reds nation. The Reds are slowly digging out back to 500. 
They're 5-8 and eight after today. All they got to do is win three more games. And I'm telling you what, I think they got a chance to win tomorrow. It'll be on ESPN this game. And if they can just figure out how to win this game tomorrow, they can be a 6-8. and eight. And uh, tomorrow, who did I talk about I wanted to see? Disco. He's going against McCullis or Mike Mikolas or whatever you say his name. Basically, that guy's the card's new new ace. But Disco has got to bounce back from his last performance. Now, in my personal opinion, I think they're going to lose tomorrow because I don't think Disco's going to be able to hold it down. But I hope I'm wrong. I hope my 99.7 goes down to 99.7 because I'm so many rights that my 99.7 percentage, if I get wrong on this, will only go down to 99.7 based on decimal points. You understand what I'm saying, right? Yeah, I'm always right. That's why I got this interstellar 99.7 percentage of always being right. That is famous across every galaxy out there. I'm telling you, I'm always right on this. Now, I hope that I'm wrong and Disco pitches six innings of one-run baseball. I just don't think it's going to happen. I think these Cardinals hitters are going to put the ball in play. I think... The Reds are going to have to come out and and really start hacking against this Michaelis or Michaelis guy. They got to They got it. They can't sit back like they did today, man, and wait till the fifth, or the sixth inning to get going. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's not even half a game of offense. Now it didn't really matter today because once those bats got rolling, they started hitting the ball around, and it was really awesome. But I'm telling you, you can't win every game like that. You can't. You can't just play from behind. Now, I'm telling you what, Rourke pitched great. I'm not going to lie about that. But uh, I think David Bell needs to learn that you gotta, you, you can't always just use five relievers. And you got to kind of figure out how to get through these games using using a total of three pitchers, David Bell. I need, Now, I know you got 117 relievers out there, but you just got to. Figure out a handle on this, man. You don't got to overmanage every game. Okay, so where do we go from here? Well, tomorrow they're going to play another one in Monterey, and it's Nicholas against Disco. Now, I'm hoping that the Reds are going to uncork on this Nicholas guy, and it will be a moot point. What's my prediction for tomorrow? Now, I'm going to guess that the Reds are going to lose, but I'm going to guess that they're going to lose... Five to four. And I don't want you to think I'm negative. I'm just, I call balls, balls, and strikes, strikes, ladies and gentlemen. So it's not negativity. It's just the fact that the Cardinals played pretty good today. They hit the ball really hard. The defenders were just right there. And I think the Disco's going to get beat around a little bit tomorrow. Now, I hope the Reds win like seven to two, and it's all good, and they're five and eight. Going into L.A. But I'm telling you what, ladies and gentlemen. All they got to do is get to 500. And the season starts over for this team. And you got to be really proud of the way these hitters battle about. And that's another thing. You, did you ever remember Dusty Baker and Brian Price when they were down pulling starters all the time? It always really irritated me because you look at all those, uh, you watch ESPN or you watch Fox Sports, and you'll see those comebacks late in games where a team comes back seven down. The Reds never had an opportunity to do that. But 
I like how this team comes back. I like how this team starts hitting the baseball because here's the deal. If you just put the ball in play, good things are going to happen, right? Good things. And you know what else? We didn't have any bad things on today. There wasn't really any bad things except maybe David Bell using five relievers. I mean, at some point, Reds Nation, you have to agree with what I'm saying on this five reliever a night thing. It's getting crazy. And I don't mean crazy. I mean crazy. So, what else can we say? What else can we do? How many of you think that Phil Irvin needs to stay with the big club when they go to Los Angeles? I do, right here. Now, I hope they... I really hope they send Wandy Peralta down. They don't need eight relievers. What they could use is a four-man bench. That's right. That's what you could use. So anyway, I don't see any tinkering. Here's some news. Connor Joe cleared waivers, went back to the Dodgers. I really thought the Reds should have made some kind of a deal, even if it was for a player to be named later, cash considerations, to get Connor Joe back. They had a mulligan on that deal, and they just failed to do it. But uh, I wish the best to Connor Joe. I hope the Dodgers bring him up later in the year, and he, and I just hope he proves a lot of people wrong. So anyway, how should we end the Reds Line podcast for tonight? Because tonight was a good night. I don't know, man. Maybe are you drinking some Coronas? Are you drinking some Modelo? Are you having a good night tonight like I am? The Reds won. They're now 5-8. and eight. They can win three more games. And I'm talking three more games in a row. They will be at 500. Now, do I think they're going to win three more games in a row? I hope so, but I don't. But if they can just get to 500 by the time they get to their 20th game, and that's really possible because if they lose tomorrow, they'll be 5-9. and nine, And then I believe they can roll, roll on in L.A. I don't think L.A. is that good. Now they are going to face Kershaw, which is going to be a mountain of a battle anyway. But I think they can get to 500. And I, uh, I really think it's possible. And we just got to keep positive, And we got to hope that they keep Dietrich and Winker in the lineup. Because if you ain't figured this out, David Bell and Dick Williams, those guys are professional hitters. Those guys are going to get on base. Your idea about this four-man outfield rotation and your affinity for uh, utility players has got to be thrown out the proverbial window. If you want to win, start Dietrich. If you want to win, start Winker. If you want to win, find a center fielder, whether that's Irvin or Peraza. I don't care which. You know what else, ladies and gentlemen? Kevin Pillar, who I told the Reds they should have got. He just hit another home run for the Giants. The guy's got like 11 or 12 RBIs since joining the Giants in three or four home runs. Kevin Pillar just needed a change of scenery. Now, is Kevin Pillar going to be some, you know, awesome center fielder, Bernie Williams type guy? No, but the guy I told you when he was available was going to be an extra base machine. And that's what the Reds could have used, a little spark. And no, I'm not saying get Kevin Pillar and bat him lead off. Kevin Pillar, yeah, he, he needs a bat like lower in the lineup. 
But that's not the point. He was available for hardly nothing. And the Reds just sit around on baker's hours. And you got to get off these baker's hours, Dick Williams. If you need somebody to work 24-7, 365, and all the holidays, give JR a call at Reds Line. Yeah, the host of Reds Line and member of Reds Nation number 4192 will gladly text every general manager until they can't take it anymore about making deals. But anyways... Kevin Pillar is having a good season. Now that he's with the San Francisco Giants, he could have been having a great season with the Reds, been playing gold glove center field. But no, we're stuck with Scott Shebler because bad trades have to be justified by people that are not even good at their job. So I'm going to go off on a rant and a tangent if I don't close this Reds line podcast down. So all I'm going to say, people, is that's all i got to say about that.